Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Steve Cox in the chair and I've got two guests with me tonight. I've got Yogi. Good evening. And I have Paul Stato Demby. Hi, everyone. Well, another week goes by. Another four goals against West Ham. And Paul, how many is that now? I think it's uh, since we started playing them down at the their new stadium. That's three lots of four and a five, or is it two lots of four? I lose track. We score so many down there because we scored five one season, four, and then played in the FA Cup as well. So it's a ton of goals. It's I lose an track. aggregate of about 18-1 or something like that. 17-1, something like that. Like that. was before yeah. the weekend. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's ridiculous. We, I think the pitch helps us. West Ham style of play helps us. And we help ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, West Ham, for me, did a better job than most teams because they actually tried to play us. But because they didn't all press in unison all of the time, I think they um, stuffed themselves up a little bit. Yeah, I think, I think if you get a team that attacks you, we're always going gonna to do well against them. And I say, as you said, is that the pitch helps us. It, and it just feels bigger. Because of the empty spaces around it, it just suits us. And, yeah. it, and it, it, yeah, they're just always there for the taking. It's, it's, the, it's the practice game of the season. So, so how, how many of the current Man City team do we think will be at West Ham? Next year, when we go, <laughs> seeing as we've got Zaba, Pellegrini, zero, zero. You think I can't see any of the current squad ending up at West Ham for the next next season? Maybe in three or four years' time, as one or two of them go past their peak, uh, but not. No, I can't see it. And even those that are going past their peak in two, three, four years' time, I can't see them wanting to play at West Ham. Our average age has gone down in the last um, couple of three years since Pep took over and I think our average age went from 28 to 23 I think now something like that yeah well, I think they we got three 30 somethings Sergio David Silva and Fernandinho and they're playing as well as ever and David Silva 
he's, he's having a season of his life again. <laughs> yeah, so, scoring, so, uh, scoring goals. Yeah, he, he's, you know, he's, I know, as Nigel's not here, I can say something slightly derogatory about Paolo Zavalesa. <laughs> he was, yeah, he, he was a bit past it when he went to, and, and then, yeah, they've just offered him a new contract, apparently. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the difference, you, you know, <clears throat> I agree, Pablo Zavalesa, he was past his peak yes. in that final season at City. Mm. The difference between him and David Silva David Silva does not rely on his pace. Zabaleta relied yeah. on his pace. He yeah. got a couple of injuries, never quite got back to his best. Silva, even if he gets the odd knocks here and there, he doesn't rely on his pace. He relies on his skill and how he plays that ball. So I think he could play well into his mid-30s at the top of his game, like certain other players have managed in their careers as well. I've got this theory about David Silva that he almost ghosts around the pitch and his size I think helps him because he he sort of almost he disappears in one part of the pitch and reappears in another part I'm sure he's got the Harry Potter cloak of invisibility (laughs) hidden in his back pocket somewhere um we scored three goals in the first half uh, all fairly similar they all seem to go along a, a similar kind of pattern and no one seems to be able to work out how to stop that yeah, it's very true. We cut down the wings on all of them and put the crosses in and, and finished very, very well. I, I, I'm a bit with um, Pep on this, though. We, we were 3-0 up and we seemed to take our foot off the gas a bit. And, and then West Ham did have chances. There's no doubt about it. A better team could have scored goals. I'm not saying they missed a lot of easy chances. They hit the post, which is a bit unlucky from their perspective, and hit a shot straight to the keeper. Again, poor shot. They didn't have loads of chances, but they did have chances, which is... And Southampton, if I recall, a couple of weeks ago, when, when we beat them 6-1, had chances before they got the penalty. The only team that we've played recently that didn't create any chance against us in the league was Stretford. I, I think we play and do as much as we need to do. If West Ham had scored, we'd have just opened up another gear and scored again. That I, I think they're just playing within themselves. They're not... They're not trying to set the world alight 4-0 is 4-0 it's a 4-0 yeah. I think just it's when we attack when it works it just happens so quickly and the and it's the control you look at the Sané's goal that was just a that little turn he did but it was it, the fact he controlled it first and then that the turn that left both the keeper and the defender <laughs> heading off to East London it, it was it, it's that bit it looks simple then you look at other teams and they, they, they can't do that. Yeah, but the other teams don't necessarily <clears throat> get into the position to be able to do it yeah. either. Right? But it, I think it is the speed with which we do it. It's not just the, yeah, we, we've got the tactics there. It's just the speed that when it, when it happens, it happens so quickly. And then you can, then you can watch as many replays as you want and you, you, can, you, sort, you sort of slow it down when you watch the, the replays. Even, you know, not slow motion, but, but it's at, the, at the time, it's so, it's so bang, bang, bang. And so well, I think we play we play at a pace, and then suddenly the pace quickens. It, it's almost as though the team gets pulled one way, they get pulled the other way, they get pulled back that way again. And actually, whilst they're not watching, Silver or Sane has created some space or moved into some space and, and managed to get away from the marker. And suddenly, like you say, it's very, that ex- execution of it is very, very quick, but it can take a while coming because you, they're just pulling the team about to make space. Yeah, I think we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, that we, a lot of the games we've played this season, we don't seem to get out of second or third gear. 
But when we do get out of second or third gear, as you're saying, we hit sort of fifth stroke, sixth gear, and it's all very fast. And you're right, we pull the teams apart. We, particularly, usually later on in games as well, they've got fatigued yeah. from the mental uh, stre- stress that they're under as well. But th- this time we just tore them apart in the first 30 minutes, and we're, we're doing that as well to teams this season. There was a nice moment, I thought, when um, Sergio came off that... Um, Manny gave him a, a bit of a hug on the touchline, which um, kind of was nice, really, because he, whatever, whatever anybody says about Pellegrini, okay, he won us a title, he won us a Capital One Cup or whatever it was called when he won it. Um, he didn't do a bad job at City. He's no Guardiola, but nobody has any hard feelings about anything that happened. Just felt sorry for him, really, at the end. To be fair, the way it all filtered, it fizzled out for him. Yeah, I thought he was a gentleman. I mean, other managers, when they, they they know they're leaving at the end of the season and they know Guardiola's coming in, he, he didn't moan, he didn't... No. And we, we just, he just carried on. He is, he's, he's a, as it says, he's a charming man. To, to be fair, I, I, I like West Ham and I don't mean that in a sense that I support them. I've always found whenever I've gone to Upton Park, the Berlin ground, wherever West Ham are, I've always found it, a nice experience. I've always enjoyed visiting yeah. West Ham. And, and their fans actually, are, they're a bit like we were years ago, West Ham. Yeah, I've always liked playing West Ham as well because they've always traditionally done like we have done, played football. Yes. I remember many, many years about playing them several times and games will be 3-2, 4-2, 3-1, 4-1. I can't recall, somebody will correct me on this because I can't remember every statistic, a nil-nil oh, draw on, with West on. Ham. Um, seriously, I'm yeah. sure there is one back there, so, uh, and maybe even recently that's just slipped my mind. But usually there are goals in those games, and even back to the team that I can remember, the uh, the World Cup winning team of, of West Ham, the more Hurst Peters that when they played, and then they passed the mantle on to people like Trevor Brooking and lots of other players. They always played good football, and they tried to score goals like we've always done. So I've always had a bit of a soft spot for West Ham. And on your Pellegrini point, I always think, think he was too much of a gentleman, and that's why he aggravated some City punters. I liked him. I thought he was a, yeah. a decent manager doing a good job in challenging circumstances because he knew at the end of it that he was going to be replaced. But I think he did a decent job. I heard a West Ham supporter at the, after the game at the weekend turn to his mate and say, without a doubt, City were the best football team he'd ever watched after that game. It's not surprising. I think a lot of supporters of other teams are saying that at the moment. We are playing some fantastic football. I came on the podcast a short time ago and said I wasn't sure whether we were better than last season or not. I'm erring towards the fact that I think we are possibly getting better than last season, that we're hitting heights that we didn't see last season. And the consistency of which we're pulling teams apart. Yes, we had some great high-scoring wins last season, the 7-2s and that, but we're doing the same this season, the 6-1s, the 5-0, the 4-0s. We're doing the same again, and we're not conceding many goals this time either. No. We've only conceded away from home one goal away from home in the league, and that was a handball. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you, you think of last year, you, you'll probably be able to tell me on the stats, but by this stage, we've already had two very late winners yeah, definitely Sterling at uh, Bournemouth and Sterling at Southampton. We haven't had anything like that. We've had, we had, as far as I can see, we've had one bad game, which was Leon, and Wolves was one of those days. Uh, and Liverpool was, he, that was he, if he scored the penalty, that would have been fine. But so we, we, we were, you think of the 
although we had all the the points last year, we had had a couple of late scares and late winners, which we haven't had. We've just been controlling games. It's yeah, a, it's and it's they said you get years of development. You get to get to half time three 0 and as you said, they just sort of that's it. We're done. So you, you mentioned Yogi. You mentioned Leon, which. Um, as we record on Monday night, Leon are our next opponents on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So, um, have have we learned the lessons of September? Are, are we going to do the same again against Leon away as we did at home, or do you think we'll be better this time? Uh, well, I think Pep seems to always want to improve, and I think he's going to take that as a he's, it's a it's a game he will want to win because that was. It was not a good performance, and and it was it was actually we said earlier about West Ham didn't take their chances. That was on the first half. Leon did take their chances. Mm-hmm. They got in behind us, and then it, it just it didn't work after that. So I think he'll he'll want to have a good performance tomorrow night. He'll, he'll want to win. You know, a draw would take us through, but he, he'll want to win tomorrow night. So, so, so squad wise, um, <coughs> there's no Gundogan, no Jesus. And no silver, as in Bernardo, not David tomorrow. Um, or, or actually, De Bruyne and could raise De Bruyne and Mendy as well. But we knew about them because yeah. they're slightly longer term. Do, what are your thoughts on that? I was a bit surprised about Jesus, but if he's not fit, then I, I like to think this is the opportunity. I was, a, I was not surprised but disappointed at the weekend that Foden didn't get a start and he put Gundogan in, in, in there as, in, instead. Uh, this has got to be Foden's opportunity now. Surely, with Bernardo Silva out, De Bruyne out, that's Foden's position to play central midfielders yeah. and attacking midfielder, taking one of those two two slots. So I like to think he's going to play tomorrow night. I think the variability we've got up front, Aguero will probably start now that uh, Jesus isn't there. But again, you could put Sterling up there up front, not as natural a goal scorer as Aguero, but he's scored enough goals this season. You could even put David Silver up there, so you can you can vary it sufficiently. We've got sufficient options to be able to to frighten Leon, and I'd be disappointed. Seriously, the way we're playing at the moment, I'd be disappointed in anything other than a win tomorrow night. Yeah, we've got um, Zinchenko is on the team sheet as well as Delph, as in on the travelling squad. Um, what do you think? Do you think he'll play Delph? Potentially, do you think he might play him in midfield? So this is the Foden bit creeping in there. Do you think he'll actually play him at left back? And because Zinchenko played in the last game in Europe, didn't he, as the left back? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it is. I, mean, I think left back is one of our issues. In fact, possibly our only issue position. That you know, Delph isn't a left back. He's done fantastically last year and this year, and. Zinchenko's not really. No, he's got Danilo as well, though. I guess that's the other thing. Yeah. The, the the other player in in the the squad tomorrow is Danilo. So it'd be really difficult to perm anyone from there. Diaz is is flying out there. Although we hear that he's perhaps even signed um, or agreed to pre-sign for Real Madrid in January. There are rumours going about, which yeah. would be a shame if he does. But be a shame but it wouldn't be a surprise it's not giving him the opportunities that you need to give these youngsters um, that's yeah. the problem yeah well you look at say Jaden Sancho that's, mm. that's the one that's the one we, we've Foden that's the one we've got to be worried about yeah we do not want Phil Foden going he, I, I think he's he's less likely than the others purely because he's a City lad it's his team and I think he can probably see the way through whereas I don't think 
Sancho could see a way past Sterling and Sane and Mendy, etc. It was it was difficult to see how Sancho was going to get a lot of game time. Oh yeah, no, and that's I, could, a, I feel the same about Diaz yeah, as well. To I, be I fair, I can say that. But, but you now look at Sancho, how well what's happened to him? Hmm. You know, he's doing but that's well, in do, that's in, in Germany. In Germany, but you now the England hmm. the England thing as well. Yeah. That you, you, you can see, yes, if you're not getting the game time, depending on what your ambition is, you. And you know, there's talk of the German clubs, in particular, sniffing around the. Yeah, look, I think Sancho is a good player. He always struck me as being someone who was skilled and talented. I wasn't always sure that you would necessarily put it to the test as such, and I couldn't see him being better than what we already had. And that was always going to be the challenge for him, was whether he was able to raise his game even further to get ahead of yeah. those in, in, in the reckoning. But if he'd have stayed with us, he wouldn't be in the position no. he is today. No, I agree. I agree on that. Um, I mean, so we're just going to hope that Foden is used properly. I think. And that, like a game like tomorrow, you know, not just a League Cup match, you know, give him Champion League time. Yeah. Uh, and not just in dead games, give him an actual... I mean, tomorrow's still competitive... These are the sort of games you should be playing him in. Well, tomorrow's the opportunity to put it to bed, yeah. isn't it? Really, that, that if we if we win <clears> tomorrow, then that's the qualification for the next round out. It's qualification and top spot. Yes, yes, absolutely. and that's, that's absolutely essential that we get top spot. If we lose tomorrow night, top spot is out of our hands because effectively, um, Leon will end up almost certainly as top, and we'll end up second. Yeah. So we have to at least get a draw to keep it in our hands and a win gives us a top spot. And, and on that note, before we have a short break, can I get some sort of forecasts for you? 2-0 City. 3-1 City. I think 3-1 City as well. And uh, on that note, we'll take a short break. The Man City Show is lubricated by Watney's Pale Ale. Watney's Pale Ale, the Man City Show Beer of the Month. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Right, welcome back. Um, and in that half-time break, we opened up some pale ale from Watney's because they're sponsoring us at the moment. And uh, I think Yogi's got a, a nice cup of pale ale in front of him. Um, so we've we've covered the West Ham game and we've covered the Lyon game. Um, we've then got a difficult home game against Bournemouth who um, always come and play open. They play a nice style of football, Bournemouth, I think. Um, thoughts, anybody? What's? Uh... I mean, I think we'll beat them. Uh, you know, if we, I've, I'll go for my prediction. I'll, I'll go for 5-1. But I think they'll definitely... I think they'll score. I do, I do remember seeing... I think the last time I saw Bournemouth City at the Etihad was the one where Raheem Sterling scored a hat-trick. I seem mm. to remember that one in an, an October... Um, or late October, a couple of, uh, or not last season, but the season before, that was a, a, a cracking game. Yeah. Actually, I just think that they've got the pace, they've, they've, they've pace and attack, and that they do, and which is what we're vulnerable to. And like West Ham had their chances on Saturday, but just bottled it. And I think Bournemouth are a slightly better side. I, I think I thought they were looking yesterday against Arsenal. I thought that could have been a draw, and I think they've got the players. Callum Wilson, uh, Ryan, um, what's it called? Ryan Fraser, 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 and uh, Josh King. I think they're they're the sort of players 
so you think of how Leon, what Leon did to us, they're sort of getting in behind. They're, they're the sort of players who could, could do that to us. So, so I, think, I think they'll score. Do we get a bit complacent sometimes, Paul, do you think, do you, against teams where we might go <clears> into a game? I mean, that Leon game struck me as being, we looked a bit lapsadaisical and potentially complacent when we went into that game. I'd suggest, perhaps, but if that's the case, since that game, no. I think that was the only game this season. Perhaps one or two earlier on, maybe Newcastle a little bit earlier on in the season when we only won two, well, I say only, we still won. Um, other than that, I think we either take it to teams in the first 20, 25 minutes and get two or three nil up, or if we've worn them down through our just passing the ball around and, and as I said before, tiring them from a mental and physical point of view, we, we, we score the goals late on. And I think we're capable of doing that. Bournemouth are a good footballing team. I think they're a bit like West Ham, to be honest. Possibly, as, as you said, a bit better than West Ham at the moment. Uh, they play the same sort of brand of football, try and attack. I don't know whether they'll press as high because they're at the Etihad as well. Uh, they might be tempted to not quite push up as much. Um, but equally, we'll win. Uh, it, sounds, it sounds really a bit condescending in a lot of ways, doesn't it? That we're so confident that we're going to win. And maybe it's arrogance, and I hate it for, for sound that way, but we are playing such brilliant football is, at the is moment. It, is it arrogance? Is it really? Because there's always that City-type feeling where you go into a game and you think, yeah, we ought to win this, and we probably will win it, but there's always that doubt, and I don't know, that's the City bit of me, that always has that doubt whether we can or can't win a game, you know? Yeah, there's always that City. I've we, you know, been around long enough to see when... You know, I, I think I've said this before many podcasts back. I remember going to Milan back in the 70s, I think it was, and taking the game to AC Milan, drawing 2 all, which was unheard of in the San Siro. And I think on the Saturday we came back and lost 1-0 to Southampton. And that's yeah. some city up in those days. That doesn't happen nowadays. We are a different t- team. I, I just don't want to feel that every game we're going to go in and feel we've, we're going to win. But at the moment, I can't see where we're going to lose. And even, I know we're not going to talk about Chelsea because that's a couple of weeks out. I can't see where we're going to lose at the moment. No, it's, it, no, but, but football is a strange game. You'll lose the game that you don't think you're going to lose. We can't, in my in my view, we can't afford to lose many more players to injury now, though, because they those injuries are starting to mount up a little bit, and they're, they're not stretching the squad at the moment. But there could come a point when the squad does get a little bit stretched. We we you know we were talking about uh, left backs a few minutes ago, and. Okay, um, the natural left back is Mendy. Yes, Delph can fill in for there. Zinchenko can fill in for there. The other natural fullback that we actually have that can play on either side is Danilo. Although I always worry a little bit about Danilo because he's great as a right back, but when he's playing left back, I, I find we lack a bit of something further up the pitch. Which, whereas I think Zinchenko and Delph actually give you that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Uh, and we've tried Laporte at left-back as well, and that didn't work. So no. we've tried various options, and I think Delph is, let's be honest, a little bit injury-prone. He, he did very well last season, managed most games that he was asked to play in, but he got a knock on um, on Saturday as well. And for that moment, you think, oh, is he going to be out for a while? But he, he got up and carried on. Um, so if you get one of those players injured, Delph or Zinchenko, that puts a lot of pressure on the other one to retain their fitness and stay there for till uh, Mendy comes back in February. The two, oh. the, the, the three players that <coughs> really concern me now, if they get injured, I'm not worried about the midfield and up front because I think <coughs> we've got the strength and depth there. I get a little bit worried about Fernandinho 
Yep. Although I think Delft could do a job there if necessary. If asked or called upon, he could do a decent job. They did a great job for England the other week. It's actually stones in the port because I, I know Nico played at the weekend, Otamendi, but I feel that stones in the port are now our first choice centre-half pairing and I think they actually go together incredibly well and I'd be incredibly worried if either of them picked up an injury. And I know we've got company and Nic- Nicholas Otamendi there, both international footballers, but I still feel a little bit concerned about that pairing compared to Stones and Laporte. Thoughts? Well, I think the, the thing about Vinny is always the injury injury problem. Yeah. And, he, he, you know, he's, he's, he's not going to get any better if he's getting on. And he's a fantastic player, but 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 now he, he is sort of the backup. And Otamendi... Uh, but but I, but I, the one you mentioned before, Fernandinho... He is the one with no natural replacement. Yeah. I mean, he, he stands on the port, gets out, Vinny plays, and he doesn't get injured. You're, you're fine. Fernandinho is the one who just cleans up everything. When when I was watching the um, Shakhtar game from my elevated position <laughs> in the East Stand, um, I watched Fernandinho for a space of about 20 minutes because you could... Peripherally, you could see most of what was going on up there. But I thought, I'll track him to see what he actually does when he hasn't got the ball. And the guy is always on the move. And he is always looking around him. And I I saw on several occasions, either Stones or Laporte went forward. And almost imperceptibly, Fernandinho just appeared in the right position at at the right time to allow them to go forward. He's just such a natural gifted player I think in, in in those kind of dark arts but that positional play is absolutely stunning yeah it's football intelligence isn't it playing football with a brain so he's a, he's a tough midfielder he can get in the tackle he's not frightened obviously he gets smiling his assassin Smile, yeah he is but he, he's got a brain in him as well he knows how to read a game and you'd expect as you quite rightly say when your centre half pushes forward occasionally he's got a cover and he knows to drop back in there can I throw one other position in there yeah, that please. you talked about as being uh, where we could be vulnerable with an injury Edison, yes. Oh, yes. Um, if, we, if we lose him, I'm not criticising Murich. It's just untested at that level. And therefore, yeah. he could be exposed. If, if Edison got injured and was out for any length of time um, and we had to throw Murich into the main frame against the top, top teams, I just don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying I am worried, but I'm not sure because I don't know what no, it's like in that neither level. neither do I. But there's a, there's a lovely little clip during the rounds at the moment of... Um, Internationally, Murich was playing and um, they decided to press him and he took the guy on in the area and actually chipped the ball over his head and it landed perfectly at the feet of uh, one of his teammates in midfield. Oh, well, I'm, I'm relaxed now. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's hope he can it, do that in real life yeah, if I think, he came I up think against the Barcelona. On the ga- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, we've only seen him in, in sort of minor games so yeah. therefore we've got nothing really to, to sort of back it up yet but I would hope that he would be able to pull it out if possible. But you're right, Edison is such a core part of that team, even though he spends most of the time reading a book at the back there. Yeah, or giving penalties away unnecessarily. Mm. A bit, bit mm. harsh of me, but I do think the two penalties he gave away recently at uh, home, Didn't need to. Didn't, didn't need, need to. to. No. Yeah. No, well, I think, the thing about Edison, he's, he's also part of the, It's like most of the defence, they're part of the attack. Yes. And, you know, mm. the number of, how many assists he had this year? Two or three? <laughs> Yeah, well, he, yeah, he, he, he can well. play a really good part. But, it, but, it, but it's sort of flat and 
but they all can. I think yeah. I've, I've seen a few occasions this year where Laporte or Stones have seen that there's nothing on close, and therefore they've gone yeah. long over the top to Aguero or whomever is actually making the run into space. Yeah, they're quite willing to try that occasionally when they when they need to. And Laporte's long balls are pretty accurate as well. Uh, much better than uh, Vinny's. Vinny always lacked that little bit of precision in some of his passing. Laporte seems very good at switching, particularly from the left side of uh, central position or to the, to the right wing as well. Brilliant passer. Yeah. So um, looking sort of like a little bit off of the, f- the football map now, we've been in the news for other reasons in the last couple of weeks. One is the financial fair play thing, which I think enough's been said on here in the past. Uh, the other one is about the um, owners or Abu Dhabi and the guy that was incarcerated, um, although has been apparently let free today, I understand. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that, guys? Are you, is it anything to do with football? Should we have come under the pressure that we have from various parts of the media about our love of Man City getting in the way of something like this? or should It's a very difficult one because uh, you know, it, it clearly is. a. And they are trying to use City to you know, whitewash their football, sports wash, whatever you call it, their reputation. Uh, and I, I don't think people should take it as... As you know, I've heard that City fans on social media saying, "Oh, but what about this? What what about you? What about that?" You, you can't. It, it, they are. There's. It is a not a very nice regime. Uh, but what can you do? And it's. Uh, you know, I'll play devil's advocate. I understand, I understand that point. Why don't they have a go at United? They've got Trump in charge of uh, but, the but states. Why don't they have a go at the United yeah. hierarchy what, as well? That's what you're saying. Yeah. You, you can't do this. Uh, what about what aboutism? That's the problem, and that, that seems to be the reaction. Well, what about what about you know, the claims? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's not a defence, is it? Yeah, really. uh, Abramovich did no. this. Arsenal, uh, uh, Emirates, and it's it's just going to be. It's because it's because people are very partisan. They're very defensive about their own club. They have an opportunity to have a pop at the new boys on the block that are all powerful, all encompassing and seem to be winning everything in the same way as they used to have a pop at United, to be fair, you know, in their pomp and circumstance, anything that United could be popped for, they would be. It was, it was, someone would have a, have a crack at them if they, it, it just makes you, being good makes you unpopular, unfortunately. If you're at the top of anything, then you're there to be shot at, maybe the wrong terminology, but you know what I mean. Mm. People will have a go at you because you're at the top and you're more visible. Yeah, Simple as that. And that's not saying that I agree with how certain things were handled in respect of that guy and his incarceration. I'm not going to talk about names or anything like that, but it's not saying that I agree with that because I like City. It doesn't mean to say that I'm agreeing with how the regime handled that um, and, and how they should handle that. And really, to be fair to them, if they want to whitewash their situation, then they perhaps do need to wisen up to things like that and perhaps look at things in a slightly different light. That said, they have their laws, they have their customs, it's their country, and people entering that country also have to respect that as well. Yeah, and what we don't know is what goes on in the background behind the scenes as well, whether our owners had anything, maybe they did make some subtle uh, behind-the-scenes uh, statements to the government. Who knows? No, God only knows. Yeah, I think the same. Well, um, on that note, um, thank you, Paul Denby. Pleasure. Thank you, Yogi. Thank you. This is uh, Steve Cox uh, signing off from the Man City Show. 
This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Sports Social Podcast Network.